Hello and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we're coming at you with the Old Man Orange 10-year anniversary. Going super big here. I know, I know. Whoops, I'm going to get you there. Just block out Ryan already. Boom. But, um, yeah. And you know what? 10 years ago when we first started the Old, the old Man Orange Podcast, and now it's almost become, we're now we're going to become the old men, you know, bitching about Batman stuff. Oh, no, not really bitching, but... We started off when Dark Knight Rises came out. That was in cinemas. And that's how I knew is because I saw that like Dark Knight Rises was coming up on its 10 year anniversary. And I was like, oh shit, that, you know what that means? <laughs> Even bigger news, Old Man Orange is on its 10 year anniversary. Yeah, because that was our first episode. And it's one of those things where um, when I first heard Dark Knight was 10 years old, I'm like, Jesus Christ, was it that long ago? Now it's like Dark Knight's coming up on, uh, is coming up on, like, on, if this is on coming up on 10, that means Dark Knight is close to 15. Like, Jesus Christ, that's only five away from 20 years old. <laughs> Which is... I, know. I, don't, I don't even want to think what Batman Begins is now. Oh, God. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> Holy shit. You're right. I mean, I know we're talking about Batman. We were in high school when Begins came out. Yes, we were. See, I mean, I don't even want to, like, you know, go with, like, when Batman 89, because that makes it even older, and I know that's what we're talking about. But, um... But yeah, it's one of those ones like that was where it all sort of started. And it seems like if we have any form of an anniversary, 100 episodes, 200, 300, what have you, we pretty much have always sort of dedicated that somehow, some way to a Batman special, which some people be like, shit, every other five, every five episodes is a Batman special on your show. I'm like, well, that may be, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the same time, actually, I felt like we actually haven't done like a Batman, Batman one and a good four months, maybe. Probably since, <laughs> since the, the Batman. Since, I don't think there's been any straight to DVD movie or anything we've covered or any graphic novel we've covered or anything like no. that. No, I'm trying to think what the last. Uh, I think the last. What was the last? What the hell was even the last DCU movie? Other than that Constantine one that's only like 20 minutes long. Well, I mean, there's a uh, there's a, it might already be out because I've been slipping um, when they come out. There's a Green Lantern one coming out called Beware My Power or something or be or you know something like that. And then they oh, have check for that one because I know that there's Super Suns coming out in October. Yeah, Super Suns. But I, so I, I, I think the next one is Green Lantern, Beware My Power or something. Yeah, it's kind of weird because then like, um, like sometimes uh, DC will they'll advertise one of theirs pretty darn good, and then another one they'll just like uh, just just throw it out there, see what happens. I'm like. Should, should we should we say something? What, what about putting in the newsletter? We're going to literally send it out to the DC people that literally buy pretty much everything. Oh, I I don't know. We're unsure about it. Just just throw it out there. Well, it's it, that one looks like is now they have the ones that are all set in the same world, which is you know Long Halloween, Superman, Man of Tomorrow, and then um, uh, um the World War Two one. Um, this mm-hmm. one looks like that same style, and it looks like it's about John Stewart kind of doing the whole John Stewart origin story, but then it's like a weird mix match of characters. They're going against an Estrelon and it's like Hawkman, I think Martian Manhunter, Green Arrow. Um, there, there's other, I think Black Canary. I think there's other characters from John Blank. So, yeah. Yeah. There, there was a cool roster. I remember from the trailer in it. So it, it looks like that's going to be a real fun one. I mean, I, I'm excited for anything Green Lantern anyways. You just never get enough of that. You can tell that they're definitely trying to like boost your up uh, Hawkman. So everybody's ready for him when he comes in Black Adam and so on. Yeah, well, there is one of those things that where when it comes where 
it's weird. I'm actually I'm looking more forward to um, Black Adam than I am the Flash, just because the Flash looks like it's Ezra Miller drama bullshit aside. It looks like it's just kind of a really. It might be amazing, and I'm, everyone wants to see Keaton back as Batman, but it almost looks more of like a weird kind of like a producer looking in, like so these nerds like this like multiverse shit, right? Like I feel like they're just trying to jump the gun and get to it as opposed to plan it out really. So uh, even mm-hmm. though I do want to see that, I am surprisingly, and I don't give a fuck about Black Adam, really. I'm more ex- looking forward to see Black Adam mainly. Well, you know, The Rock's cool. Everyone likes The Rock. And then Justice Society yeah. is the main reason I want to see Black well, Adam. That, I, I think that's what makes that one kind of cool. Because at first, I mean, the, the whole time before, like, the trailers came out for that, I'm just going like, oh, okay, cool, Black Adam. I mean, don't be wrong. It's, it's going to be a rock movie, and it'll, it'll be fun no matter what. But then it's like when you see it, it's like, oh, shit, they got all kinds of people in there. They got Dr. Fade and they got Hawkman and all this kind of cool stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, right right then and there, that almost makes the movie feel like, okay, you got a lot going there. All these characters that you wouldn't expect to see in a movie are showing up. I'm like, this is going to be fun then. Especially it's, it's fun when they get that weird oddball roster. So chances are we'll probably be doing that one pretty soon just because it's, you know, we, we, we try to do those DC movies whenever they come out. And it's like they'll throw a trailer out there and they're like, it's coming out soon. Don't worry about it. Like, oh, okay, cool. And then, like, it just, it's, it's like, man, it's been, like, almost a, it's been, like, you know, like, three months. Oh, dude, it came out two weeks ago. Like, oh, fuck. Okay. You know, so <laughs> it just, it's just kind of how those things work. But we'll get to that one when we yeah, get to that Well, as one. long as a movie comes to the theater, I don't miss out on it. Like, because that one, like, I know exactly where to go to. It's when they, mm-hmm. they, they slip them out, like, sometimes, like, straight on video or, like, on, like, a streaming service. And it's just, like, I feel then they just have no ads. Well, they probably have ads. Let me, let me rephrase this. They probably have tons of ads. I just find a way that I pay off everybody so that I don't see ads. And that's probably the reason why I never see those ones. You know, because everybody else probably is like, well, yeah, I saw them on YouTube all the time. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I paid off YouTube, so I didn't have to see any of that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. There is something to be said. I, I do notice that the second that you stop seeing commercials, you really stop learning about things in life. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I... Yeah. No, nothing more can really add to it. You're right. You basically... It just, well, it's also at the same time, you save so much more time. I, I have no problem with that just because it's like fucking YouTube. And like, I remember there's a point where like, yeah. okay, it's free. So an ad every once in a while. But I'm, I'm 100% sure. I'm 100% sure. They made certain ads intentionally irritating yeah they come back to all the batman goodness and so on there and what have you but um yeah batman 89 which is kind of ironic because it's really not batman 89 let's be honest it's like it's batman 89 like using that but it realistically would be like a alternative version of batman forever so it's like batman 95 is really what this should be called but like because you know when you you hear batman 89 like it feels like it should just be like right there at 89 i mean i know what they're doing it's like when you call batman 66 doesn't mean it has to be literally 66 could be batman 69 or whatever but um (laughs) but that's what this thing sort of is it's like this (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it'll derail us continue yeah it'll just derail us but. (laughs) but um but yeah so it's like this one here, it kind of takes those ideas that Sam Ham apparently had for some of, some of these ideas. I feel like no, these are so, these are ideas you probably came up with like in the last couple months. Like I don't think these are ideas held over that long because um, this the thing is, is it feels like it doesn't feel like it's almost like that thing where if you just resurrected an old script and just said, "Hey, just turn that exactly into a movie," it does feel like it takes some like ideas and kind of workshops it into sort of a modernized kind of version using the old looking characters from Batman 89, the Tim Burton world and so on like that 
though it definitely doesn't feel nearly as dark as like a Tim Burton or weird as like that one could be, you know. It's got its own things going. It's almost like when Sam Hammond's like, well, you know what? You know who's not in charge now? <laughs> Tim ain't in charge. Sam is. And he's bringing the ham. <laughs> All of it. Get ready to squeal. <laughs> now, like, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing about Tim Burton. Is he a great director? Yes. Is he? Yeah, he's, he, he's made some damn fine movies. That's true. Made some fan movies, but I, I feel like there's that point, and probably '89 Batman is probably right at that point where he kind of has the look. I just, I think I just know better. I just don't. I, I, I don't know. I think sometimes you gotta come at this from a different angle. And I just know, but even though I don't read Batman comics, I think I just got, I got an idea. You know what I mean? And I do it wrong. And and, and, and and like when Batman Begins came out, I was totally one of those people who just fuck Batman '89, fuck Batman Returns. <laughs> It's all about fucking Chris, Chris Nolan, you know, and then, you know, I still feel that I don't feel that way, but I, I still like Begins and Dark Knight more than 89 or Returns. That said, I'm kind of real looking at it like, well, what else do they have to go off of at the time? There are some weird decisions here and there, but overall, I still I really like 89. I like I like Returns still, but I really like 89, even looking at it from that back then, even then I um. Mm-hmm. I guess one thing, and this is only like um, this. This is only um, like something I've heard. I don't even know if it's actually true. But originally in Batman Returns, there's there's two versions. An early version they were talking about because they wanted they were talking about getting Jack Nicholson in. Like that fall didn't kill him. He was going to be in for like an opening scene where he comes in a full body cast and he's in a court and Harvey Dent is um, is uh, is uh, prosecuting him, and then like he gives his bad guy monologue, sets off a bomb and kills the judge and the jury and all that. But then like Harvey gets scarred and that's how the two face thing happens. And then they didn't do that. They did what they did with returns. And then I heard something that was originally going to happen. And this, this could be all total bullshit. I heard that they were going to do something like Max Shrek, the Chris Walken character was originally meant to be Harvey Dent at the end, mm-hmm. Catwoman puts the plug to his face. It doesn't kill him. It scars him. And he would be the villain for the third film. Yeah. So there's multiple ways that could have gone. And the thing, too, is the whole time, it's like, it leads up for an awesome choice of Lando being literally like Harvey Dent, Two-Face, all that stuff there in Batman 89. I think that's kind of the coolest thing about this comic book is it kind of finally, like, other than... It's like the, it's like the next best thing. If you can't have that live action version with him in it, well, at least you can have the comic book version with him in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this movie, this book, this book, this movie, this book right here, it does have this thing where, in moments, it feels like it is very eighty nine Batman, to the degree of like at this time they would get things wrong, or they would have like. That's how you chose to portray this character? Okay. But you think about it, in that time, they probably would have done something kind of like that. But then there's uh, some things where I'm like, that's a little too accurate. Or that is a little too kind of like... It it feels like there are moments where it takes itself out of 89 Batman and more of just kind of like a straight Batman comic with Billy D. Williams as Two-Face. But then as it goes on, it kind of goes back and forth and it becomes more 89-ish as it progresses 
Yeah, that's why I sort of felt too. Is I felt like it kind of hopped back and forth between uh, different styles of what it was sort of trying. And that's the thing is like it sometimes felt like '89, but then sometimes it just felt like this could be just any like standalone like side shoot kind of spinoff comic. And then it feels kind of like okay, now we're kind of back here again, and so on. And I mean, for the most part, I, I enjoyed the majority of it. I, I thought it was overall pretty interesting i do like all the the two-faced stuff i think that stuff's all kind of neat in there they even do the thing where they sort of underuse batman a little bit in it as well like which i i feel like that was more just like what people have talked about over the years that he was kind of underused but i feel like when you're a kid watching it you don't notice that nearly as much you just see batman is like oh he's batman look how awesome he is but in this one too it's like well now you have the chance not to underuse him and now you're kind of underusing him well, I think that's also another thing is at the time it became like for Tim Burton, he I, he more like he was more into the monsters. He was more into the freaks. And sure, he's a, he's a guy running around dressed as a bat, sure. but not as freaky. Sure, he's Tim Burton freak. is a freak. <laughs> but I'm just saying he's just like, he, I was going to say he's more interested. Yeah, sure. It's a guy running around just like a bat, but he's more interested in the actual monsters. He's interested. He wanted, he made, and rather than making penguin a disgraced aristocrat with a fucking wobble, he made him a fish man that lived in the, in, in the sewer. He, he was yeah. like a circus fucking freak, you know? And then like Joker, I mean, he, he was pretty accurate with Joker for the time. So, um, this one kind of does the same thing, but it takes a little while for Harvey to become two face as we know of him or as we think of him. And, uh, it, it does do the thing where maybe he has some flawed views, but Harvey's not a bad guy. Once he becomes two faced, it overtakes that. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's kind of the thing is it does have a nice build up to it and everything like that here. And I don't know if it's necessarily Sam Ham, but Sam Ham sure does it. It feels like he really hates like the Gotham City Police Department because he makes James Gordon and Harvey Bullock out to be kind of like complete assholes for the most part. Harvey Bullock is kind of Jim Gordon. First off, we got to because if you look at Jim Gordon in the 89 movies throughout the, you know, Batman Forever and then Batman Around, because originally now they treat it like it's two separate universes. But at the time it was the same. That was part of the same series. And then, you know, it, it, there was this big question of like, wait, why is Harvey Dent suddenly like Tommy Lee Jones? So that, that's like the one glaring thing. <laughs> But <laughs> when he got that acid in his face, it was like he gave him like reverse Michael Jackson, or I guess full Michael Jackson. <laughs> he has the same thing. He has like what was the <laughs> Uncle Ruckus thing? <laughs> I have what Michael Jackson has, but in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, like, uh, but like, uh, what's he saying? Like, there's a whole part where. Because, yeah, because the, the Jim Gordon carried on over there, and, like, Jim Gordon was barely a part of it. It was just, like, he's Jim Gordon by name. Beyond that, he could be fucking cosplaying as Captain Crunch. And then just kind of comes in, like, there's even that part, like, because they don't even hardly interact with each other in 89. There's that part in Batman Returns where Batman stops, like, the like the, the, the circus gang or whatever. And Jim mm-hmm. Gordon's like, oh, gee, Batman, you did a good job. You go, oh, you go. It's, it's cool. You're busy. I, I get it. Yeah, one day he's going to talk to me and give me a high five and just nuzzle my hair and tell me I did a good job. Does, does he remember that time that I put my jacket over him when he was a little boy? Oh, no, 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 he doesn't. He's just walking <laughs> away. Oh, it just took off. He's out of here. So, and they, they do this, they make him kind of like, they walk this middle line of making him, because he doesn't look, he's not like a cartoon character like that Jim Gordon, but he's like the size of that Jim Gordon. But he's like dressed like, it's kind of like if 
you know what it kind of is? It's kind of like Jim Gordon from the Harley Quinn show, but give him just like another month of like depression, you know? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I will say they even do the thing which is kind of interesting in it because they sort of take it like that thing that, hey, you know, Jim Gordon's kind of barely in those movies. Well, we're going to kind of explain to you why. Like even like even his daughter barely sees him, <laughs> just like how you, <laughs> dear audience, have barely seen him. Even Barbara's barely seen him and all this kind of stuff. And like at first it kind of works in there. I mean, like I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like they kind of are using what they sort of got, but it's still, it still kind of just makes them seem like, oh, OK, Jim Gordon just is kind of a, like, a, you know, a buffoon. And he just kind of messed up and even steps down from like commissioner and so on and barbara doesn't really want to see him even all this stuff you're like jesus this poor guy <laughs> well they, they even do something because like you know they make harvey bullock an asshole but that's the thing about bullock is he started off as an asshole and in time mm-hmm. he became a, a trusted cop he did start off as a dirty cop so I, i'm okay with that uh the thing with uh jim gordon he just kind of like well, he wasn't that big in the in the original movie, so it makes sense that he's not that big in this, but he's a little bigger, you know. You find out that, like, they put the bat signal out there to scare criminals, but Batman and, and Goran actually have a little phone thing communicating because apparently cops kept on going up there and, bust, and, like, busting the thing down. Like, like fuck the bat, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't pay taxes. <laughs> Because that's what it all gets down to at the end of the day. It's not about <laughs> anything else. They're just pissed off that they got to pay taxes if Batman doesn't. <laughs> More or less at the end of the day. And then, like, um, and then they, the big thing is, like, I, I could definitely see, you say you're doing this in a comic or a movie now, but what the fuck are you thinking? But in in this right here, in, 80, in like, you know, around this time, they would have done something like this. They make um, Barbara dating uh, Harvey Dent. Yeah, well, and I think that's actually kind of works because it's sort of a, it's a different part. At first, because she was so old looking, I'm like, is that Jim Gordon's wife? Like, so like, like, sorry, honey, I left you for the district attorney. He's a much more handsome man. You, oh no, no, oh, Barbara, like, oh. no. He just comes waddling after her, like, wait, Barbara, and like, you know, Harvey turns, smiles, gives him that Billy D smile. He's like, I get it. It's good. No, it's you made the right choice. I can't be mad yeah, at that. Because that was the thing that I was looking at her because she looks just like way older in it. You know what I mean? Because you think that like, okay, if it's going to be Barbara Gordon, she's going to be like 16. And it's like, oh no, she looks like she's like 36 in this. And then I was like, and at first I was going, gosh, poor Jim Gordon, like get double screwed over. But then it's like, oh no, no, it's Barbara Gordon. I'm like, well, that's actually still kind of an interesting kind of thing there. Because <clears throat> in this ver- version, instead of her ever being Batgirl or anything like that, she just literally does police Barbara Gordon instead. So she takes over this commissioner and so on like that. And she's in a relationship with Harvey. And I think that one actually kind of ties it in nicely. Not, not in too much of like a convoluting way or anything like that. Yeah. And that's not me complaining about that, but that's just at the time that's when it was, or like that's at the time you expect that. But I feel like if you said in the in movies coming out, like Jim, like Harvey Dent's ba- date, dating Barbara Gordon, like really you're doing that. Cause I think we all just think of Barbara as somebody in her, um, either teens to early twenties. So, but you know, yeah. for, for this at the time makes sense. So, and they're trying well, and I to think also maybe. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, as I think also that there may be thinking, even if you still kind of kept forever in Batman and Robin, like, like if this was in between those two, maybe for some weird reason, I mean, I know it's a different two face, but maybe they're thinking because in this universe, 
uh, technically Batgirl's Alfred's niece. You know, I don't know if they're going with maybe something like that. And that's that's what kind of switches up. So that's where I also thought, too, I'm like, well, by that standard, this actually kind of works out. I, I see how this is all kind of rolling. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then, you know, it kind of opens up with Harvey and Barbara having dinner and then Batman watching it. Like, what's this motherfucker doing? You know? And then, of course, uh, some Joker's old gang comes in. And within the crowd, you know, they, they, it's, it's Halloween. So they're just doing anarchy in the street. And they, they present somewhere in there. He's doing the whole coin toss thing. But if you look at, yeah, they, they, they do have some little cameos as the book goes on. Like, there is, like, a Batman militia group that is basically, like, like I, this may have happened around that time, but like uh son of the Batman from like dark Knight returns, yeah. like those guys, but they're kind of more of an antagonistic force. When you think about it. Yeah. They're a bunch of fucking assholes who just dress up like Batman and do whatever the fuck they want. So yeah, they would <laughs> well, be. That's, that's what it feels like. It feels like some kind of rotary club thing where a bunch of guys go or like go out, get hammered and then go out to fight crime. And like, and half the time they don't really fight any crime, but they end up destroying some shit along the way and then slap high fives and go home. They, you know like, what I mean? That, that's what it more felt like. Some of those guys, like, we, yeah, we, we serve a purpose. Like, no, no, you guys just get drunk and you, you break shit. And, you know what I mean? And Bob over there just fucked some guy's dog. He's like, oh, hell yeah. Shouldn't have fucking stand there. Oh, Jesus, Bob. Just put your pants back on, goddammit. Just stand there as like a doctrine, just sticking up. Just like bring its legs and can't it, go nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like Batman's just like, oh, Jesus, do, you got, do I need to change my costume Take again? Take the logo off. <laughs> yeah. This is not affiliated. Yeah, just one of those ones, just like, no, you. these guys do not represent me. <laughs> this is off-brand. I just want to say that. Well, I noticed how within, like, the whole crowd, because they show, like, a splash panel of, like, all, like, the crowd and a lot of like Tim Burton references like Beetlejuice and Nightmare Before Christmas and whatnot. And then even Prince is the Joker. And then like, uh, of course that's where we see in the background, the uh, militia sons of the Batman, which I'll I'll say this at the time when I first saw in 1989, not when I first saw 1989, but later after reading comics and looking back on 1989, I was kind of like looking all this stuff and nitpicking like Batman doesn't kill Batman want to kill a whole factory of people. He wouldn't do do that. And then like, Putting that shit aside, like, wait, did they just mention, did they mention, um, uh, I, I forgot the name of the country, the, the made up, uh, Corto, Corto Maltese, did they just mention that? Do you realize, oh, at the time, this thing was pulling deep references that would never make it to screen by then. So maybe the son of the Batman may, may have made it by into a movie by that point, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I swear know, this whole thing's not, it's the whole thing's not going to be me saying this may have been there in the night in '95. Maybe it's not going to be the whole podcast. It's going to be a few other ways. Yeah, exactly. No, you know what I mean? And I think that's just kind of how it is. Sometimes you just got to take those movies once the time has passed and just sort of take them for what they are. And if you go, hey, alternative world, that that's all it is. You know what I mean? Sometimes that's just the easiest way to sort of look at that. And I think that if I kind of put it in that sort of perspective, it's easier for me to digest it than to try to like compare and contrast it right with like the comics and so on. And once again, you know, stepping stones always, you know, Batman 89, I guess if you go from 66 to Batman 89, it's like a humongous like leap forward in a sense, you know what I mean? And then I know that like, as time goes on, it's like, it's like what anything does. I remember cause like, even when like, um, like Batman V Superman and those kind of movies came out, then there's people out there like the Christopher Nolan ones aren't really that good. Come on guys. <laughs> like there's always going to be that person. <laughs> 
at the well, end after, of the day. Well, even after the Batman, some things about Christopher Nolan Batman do seem flat out cartoony. However, <laughs> I, I still, you know, begins in Dark Knight are probably two of my favorite movies still, and I love the Batman. I got to watch it again though. Uh, but jumping into this, moving forward, it is a whole big, you know, just Batman. We, we, we can tell you. That's where he's, he stacks these cars on top of each other. And a helicopter comes out, you know, <laughs> explosions and punchy punch happens. You know, you get the idea. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, as it kind of goes in farther. Penny, Giant penny. Yeah, th- th- I thought that was kind of cool that they kind of add that in there. I mean, that seems like, you know, they, they you know, you see the giant penny all the time. But in this one, it's like, hey, this giant penny saved his life. And he's like, Alfred, Alfred, I want you to carry that out of the back of the pickup truck and put it down the 30 flights of stairs <laughs> in my office. So I can see it like, Bruce, can we get it something much lighter? No, no, no. This thing's fucking sick. I want it down there looking at me the whole time. It's on like that. It's like, really, Bruce, anything but that. It's like, oh, no, this thing saved my life, Alfred. It, nothing else has ever saved my life like a penny has. You know what I mean? It's like a symbol. You know what I mean? You know how us rich people, no matter where we owe, we always pick up a penny. You know what I mean? Me and Gene Simmons have that same philosophy. And, you know, that's what keeps us rich. Put the giant penny up on the wall, Alfred. You have no idea how much this penny is worth, Alfred. Okay? You don't realize that. You don't realize it. You, I just can't. You know, and then it's just like, look, I'm going to make your job easy tonight. Get the penny down to the bat cave. I'm going to make myself some macaroni and cheese, okay? I'm not going to have you do it. I'll do it. Just get the penny downstairs. And then we just... I'm doing easy, Max, so I won't hurt myself this time. (laughs) They're Batman shapes, so you understand why. (laughs) you got a lifetime supply of this shit. Can't let it go to waste. (laughs) And then, then, like, I would love if they had, like, just, like, a 15-minute scene of just Alfred, like... Rolling it slowly, like, rolling, fuck, 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 fuck. and then gets to like the stairs. Like, so help me, Christ! You dent one of my cars. Like, there's <laughs> fuck, you know, just like eats down each step. Just like if it was a movie, like it'd be like a whole like twenty minutes out of the movie, just watching him get this thing down. <laughs> no dialogue other than what he is muttering to himself. For like, fuck, 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 fuck. Or it'd be like, well, it, was, it would cut the like other scene. If we go back to like Harvey Dent, or we'd go back to like New Robin, or no, any of these other things. And then we... Twenty minutes straight. Twenty minutes. It's a statement. It's a statement. <laughs> it's a statement. Put this penny to good use. <laughs> you know. But yeah, so this this penny really comes back around in the long run too. In this book, tell you what, you know what I mean? Like, you know, at first I thought I was like, okay, that's just kind of cool. That's just Batman adding to the trophy collection. No, no, no. This penny will uh, this penny will stay in the play for a while. How many Batman movies have come by out so far, and not one live action movie has the penny yet? No, they don't really use technically like the trophy room stuff beyond the suits. I feel. You know what I mean? Like, that's always the one thing that seems to sort of be missing. You don't just kind of go, oh, hey, there's the giant dinosaur. There's the penny. You know what I mean? There's all you know, all the contraptions and so on right there. These kind of collected from the 60s. I like it when he finally, when they, whenever he, there's one of those things that's been there the whole time and he uses it like in Batman, um, I think it was Heart of Hush, where, you know, the Hush comes in and attacks and Batman's down for the minute. And he puts, puts his, his phone, he puts his, like a microphone up there. He's like, Activate protocol 387 or whatever. Then the Tyrannosaurus Rex comes to life and goes after fucking Hush. It's like it's a fucking robot T-Rex. You think I just have this thing here taking up room for no fucking reason? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. That part's so cool. I love that. You know what I mean? But that, that's one of those ones. It's like one of those small things in the movie just for like, I mean, literally, let's be honest. Backgrounds in movies nowadays are never real anymore anyway. So just CG in some of that stuff. Come on. 
Yeah. Well, then, at, well, Batman's doing all his Batman shit. That's where, you know, someone tries to mug Barbara and um, Harvey. And Harvey, you know, not taking no shit. He takes, at some point, takes off his watch, socks a guy in the fucking face with it, takes his gun. And he says, like, I don't know. Like, please don't kill us, man. Like, I don't know. Maybe I want to fucking kill you. He's doing the whole coin flip thing. He's just like, if it's tails, I'm going to blow your fucking brains out. And he flips it. And then all of a sudden, just like, they runs up. Like, you guys got lucky. He's like, oh, I make my own luck. Two-headed coin. Huh? But yeah, he kind of explains that coin there. And then, and then um, I think that's kind of where he does this when he goes back to kind of like Burnside. I do like how they kind of they throw Burnside in here, which this Burnside seems much different than the Burnside you see like in uh, the Batgirl of Burnside. Because Batgirl of Burnside feels like the best way to describe it for somebody on the West Coast is it feels like Berkeley. It's like, like Berkeley meets like, you know, Mission District, like the, the, the Valencia Mission District of like San Francisco. It's like it's all gentrified and shit. Yeah, basically is what where, where this this uh, Burnside is definitely not Berkeley anymore. It's like they're, they're yeah. making it feel like it's almost like Oakland if you're on like a West Coast. Like they don't have uh, they don't have like a little like uh, I, I think the second but def- uh, definitely uh, Oakland of 1989, not Oakland of nowadays. <laughs> Well, it's also one of those things like, well, I don't remember what stand-up comedian said. He's just like, you'll notice, you'll notice your hood turning in. It was, it was a black comedian. Just horrified. He says, you'll notice your hood getting gentrified the second you see like a dog grooming place and has a name like Pup Pup in a way or some shit like that, you know? So he's like, so he says like, if that's when you see it, I hope it's rent controlled. Just saying, you know? So, and like... So that is basic. That's basically Burnside in the modern comics. But right here, I'm wondering if Burnside has been there and it's just something they've brought back in more recent years. Because every so often, there's characters or things like that. Like I assume Deadshot's a character that came out in like the 80s or 90s, but he's a character that goes back to like the 50s or 60s. And he was like, "It is I, Deadshot, the gentleman, the, the gentleman, the gentleman gunman, or some shit like that." You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's one of those ones too. Because you know, realistically, I mean. I felt like when they had the Batgirl of Burnside, that's when that kind of got traction. But I can't really, I just, I couldn't tell you a comic off the top of my head that I remember like, hey, here's Batman in 1976 going to Burnside. You it know, yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying I can't tell you off the top of my head of one that I have read where he does do that. So, you know what I mean? I would assume Bloodhaven was more or less like the rougher part of Gotham. Yeah, that, that's what I always felt too. Because that's what to, to me, like the way that I always sort of looked at it was that. Gotham's kind of like, I mean, Gotham has its problems and so on like that, but Bloodhaven's like the real kind of rundown area, the sketchy neighborhood, the thieves den kind of thing. And then I always thought, I always looked at Burnside, it's like, well, that's kind of where all like the sort of yuppie douchebags and college kids hang out. Like, that's how I always sort of picture it. So this one here, I don't know if there's a Sam Ham taking it. Maybe he got Bloodhaven confused with like that. Except for Bloodhaven, I don't feel like actually like this. Yeah, I feel like Bloodhaven's literally, that's just where you go where like every alley's crime alley. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, just where, before like, a tech startup looking- landed there, basically. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? But um, it's just, I think it's kind of cool that they, they use, you know, it in a sense in here, too. Because just, I feel like beyond Batgirl, once again, I just don't see it that often. You know what I mean? And that's the whole thing is Harvey Dent's kind of running for, well, he, he sort of left his community, but he's sort of like, you know, running for all the stuff he's doing in Congress and DA and all that stuff to kind of like booster that area and so on and, and like fight for everybody who lives in that kind of section because that's the the section that's been kind of cut off from gotham did they even describe it once like with it like he's running away like it's farther in the book but he's in like the subway train they're like we were supposed to be connected by a subway system and then the money ran out and so they stopped building i'm like well that's that is what happens when the money runs out 
<laughs> you know what I mean? That just, you know what I mean? It's like, and so we couldn't get there. We could, we, we had to take buses to take, you know, like three stops to get there and so on like that or whatever the heck he said. You know, one of those like New York City like kind of things, like, you know, that kind of issue. Well, it is one of those things they bring up that like all the money went to this crooked criminal or this crime boss or whatever. That thing that always happens in Gotham politics. And, you know, yeah. there's also in Burnside, that's where they have their own it's Robin. They don't say it's Robin at first, but um, it's basically, I'm wondering what they're, because the, the, the Robin in this, in this universe, he's basically a, a vigilante kid and he goes by Drake Winston. And I think, because originally they were talking about, I think, um, um, Damon Wayne's as Robin back in the day. Like, I think he was one of their first choices back in the day. And it's crazy how many times you hear they wanted to get Robin and Batman, um, the first Batman, as well as Batman Returns, but then it ended up not being until like the end of Forever till he finally got in. Like there was um yeah apparently a draft, like an early seventies draft, with movies very ambitious. So it was like two and a half hours long. Rupert Grint was the bad guy, along with Joker, and I think even the Riddler maybe. And then Robin comes in the last act, and then I think even another version of eighty nine Batman when it, there's like a chase scene with Joker and Batman. They, that leads through a through a, um, a circus where Joker kills his fam- Robin's pa- fam- family, and then he decides that he's going to become a crime fighter at the, at the last minute too. So it's weird how many times you hear they try to get him in there, they just couldn't for whatever reason. Yeah, well, because I think there's a lot of people out there that had a hard time picturing Batman without Robin. You know what I mean? It's like people kind of have two. There's some people that go like, I only like Batman with Batman alone. And then there's a lot of people who's like, dude, what do you mean? There's no Batman without Robin, you know? Like, so I think that's always just such a hard line to sort of walk in a sense, you know, and um, trying to get Robin in there. And I, I will say this, this Robin, I got a little bit of mixed feelings on. Like, I'll say this. He does have that kind of thing. Like, if, if I was going to say Batgirl of Burnside, he feels like a college kid who just knows way too much, thinks he's the, the smartest guy on the block, but he hasn't been humbled yet. Because it's like, in this one here, they make him feel like this guy has all the right answers, he knows what's up, he's telling Batman what to do, and so on like that. And even, like, the Batman invites him in, like, in the first second, he's already letting him drive the Batmobile. He doesn't even know this guy! I've, I've never seen a Batman comic where Robin's driving, like, two seconds in after being, I don't care which Robin it is. You know what I mean? Oh, you know what I mean? Like, even Alfred probably wasn't going to be driving that fast if it was, you know, Batman was older, in a sense. You know what I mean? I think it's one of those ones, like, they almost give this, this Robin gets, like, way too much credit way too fast. There's, like, there's no buildup. There's no training. There's no, he just kind of, like, I don't know. I, I feel like that one to me just feels like, I mean, I, granted, we don't always have to see, like, here's this training montage or something like that. But, and I know that we've always seen it where, like, it's, like, kind of like George Clooney where he's, like, you're not ready yet. You know what I mean? Like, he's, like, but I'm so ready, you know, Bruce. Like, not yet. George Clooney Batman. But, um. <laughs> But, like, this one, I just feel like they just let him, it's just like, he just, the whole time, he th- he's like, he always feels like he's, like, just smart-alecky Robin, but nobody ever kind of catches him. And I was so, I was waiting for him just to be humbled, be like, oh, shit, I don't know everything. Like, no shit, you don't. You're 19 years old. Get ready to have a hard life, boy. <laughs> I guess that's the thing with him, because I didn't pick up on him as, like, a yuppie-ass college kid. I picked up on him as a kid who grew up in, in um, in whatchamacallit, in, uh, um, Burnside and was street smart and was basically just the kind of a, he just got by, he just got by on his tenacity and smarts his whole life. But you're right. There is no real moment where he's totally like, cause 
I guess that's the thing, because, you I mean, you can't have a character just come in and immediately know everything. Like, I guess that's the... Mm-hmm. I understand they're probably trying to correct some things, but at the exact same time, I feel like it's one of those aspects. You know, they something they bring up, and I, I don't think it's really forced. I think it is kind of fitting, because even at the time when Batman Forever came out, around that time, yeah, they are kind of doing a lot of the... Um, quasi black lives matter kind of theme in this book but i mm-hmm. think that's because i think it's fitting because that's even around the time of like you know if you even that's incorporate rodney 89 king. yeah rodney king and oj and all that stuff going up at the same time like i honestly can see like yeah i i, I could actually this this fits for that time as well so that doesn't really bother me but it's the aspect of it being like he is this character i i didn't dislike the character i, I like them but that said, I, I just felt like for some of the things they took their time and focused on, like they focus a lot, I mean a lot, on Harvey Dent. Like it's almost more of a Harvey Dent book than it's a Batman book. And, yeah, that's what um, I say, because Bat- Batman's not in it nearly enough, I feel. I feel like that's like the only thing. There's a moment where he's gone for so long and he has like the white on the side of this. The way they draw him, they, they, his face looks kind of like Michael Keaton, but it's a little bit more it looks like It looks like Michael Keaton playing Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, because he has the white in like the sides of his hair, and there was a moment where I was reading it. It, it, it. It's been a while since they showed him. Shown him. I was thinking for a minute, is this meant to be Alberto Fal- Falcone? Oh wait, no, that's Batman because he, he's wearing glasses and he had the hair and he was in a suit and he was kind of skinny. Like Are they bring Alberto Falcone? Oh, oh, Batman. Never mind. Um, but I mean, what, what's Drake Winston's his name? I thought that yeah. he was. I, I liked him. But I, I mean, you know, he's, he's not my favorite Robin or anything. Well, yeah, that's, I, I mean, he's he's not a bad character. I just don't think that they just they made him just kind of like. It, it, let's say this: we know we've met all those kind of when you meet that give or take between about the ages of eighteen to about twenty three. There's those kids where like you know, and I think all of us have all been there at some point where you, you you think you're the master, you think you got it all planned out and everything like that. Like that's where he feels like he's at. He's the kid who knows everything. He's kind of a smart aleck and everything like that. But I feel like he needs that humbling moment to go like, hey, hey, hey. You don't know everything. And if you, if you go through life thinking you know everything, you're going to get screwed over big time. And, I mean, granted, it's only one book, so I guess, you know. But I felt like that lesson's just not there, and he's just handed the ropes just, like, right off the bat, just like, here you go. You know, and it's just one of those ones, like, I, I almost just want to go, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've read all these other Batman comics of, like, Robin's Origins and so on like that, and it's, like, you know, not just, like, a day process, not, like, an hour process. It's, like, months years there's a lot of work and all this stuff in here and so on like that and i feel like one of those ones like sometimes i feel like even like nightwing still like is you know batman's unsure about him driving the batmobile around you know what i mean you know it's like one of those ones just him first day out in the job like he's driving the batmobile i was kind of like that that's kind of hard that that's that's hard for me to believe any batman doing yeah i mean i know that we say any batman but also keep in mind it's I mean, I'm not saying this is an excuse, but I mean, 89 Batman and there's other things they really did differently for this and that. So I'm like, uh, okay. Like, I, my thing is, I was waiting for him. Like, he didn't really bother me because I figured, you know, from his perspective, he is this kid who's grown up in this neighborhood while everyone talks about how amazing Bruce Wayne is and how amazing all this is. And then you have these assholes, the son of the Batman. They're not called that in this, but that's mentally who they're supposed to be. Yeah, that's exactly who they are. Coming in, trying to be like, trying to tell people what to do, coming into their neighborhood and try like, 
we're just patrolling, you know, we're just making sure nothing happens. Like, you don't fucking live here, asshole. You know, like that, that, that kind of shit. And then, you know, they, then they also, they do whatever the fuck they want. So the idea that like, I can understand why he would have this grudge against Batman and it's not, and maybe even a little bit of a grudge against Bruce Wayne. But mm-hmm. then, you know, he sees them in action. Like, oh, okay, maybe they're not so bad. But there's even some moments where, right off the bat, where, bat, where Bruce Wayne is trying to help. And it's obvious he's trying to help. And he's still talking some shit. And then, you know, he's just like, whoa, you're pretty good. You deducted it, no problem. So here's the keys, you know? So yeah, I, I, it, I, it's, yeah. it's just so fast. It's not that he's a bad character. It's just, I feel like it's it's so, it's just too quick. And it's just one of those ones where, like, he almost is one of those characters that has like no flaws. And I feel like that's sort of like the thing about it. It's just like, they, they try to, they, they try to write him too cool in a sense, you know what I mean? Where it just gets that like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It, and that's always like, you always gotta be careful. You make a character too cool. And people notice that right off the bat and go, something's wrong. Wait, wait a second. What's going on here? Yeah. And I didn't think it wasn't anything that really bothered me that much, but I was a little bit like, I was expecting something to happen and make him, I mean, he, he saw, he saw him helping out, but it was, you know, I, I already said what I said, so it is what it is. But yeah. the character, the character's not god awful, but it does have. No, he's not. He's not. He's, he's not bad. It's just he just. Yeah, I just don't think he's written that well. I guess is the thing, or not like the parts of it isn't. You know what I mean? I, I think it's one of those characters that maybe if you, bat, you pump the brakes a little bit on, you know, Harvey Dent's, give him just a couple extra pages for being fleshed out, and just give him a humbling moment. That's all he needs. He just needed to get his ass whooped about once, and just have Batman save him or something like that, and be like, you know, like you're drafted in a war. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's even like well there's even like um i feel like this book is so focused on harvey dent and drake like i for a minute i was like oh right i was like so right now I'm, I'm skimming through it on my ipad i'm like oh right catwoman was in this yeah i know because she's just sort of thrown in there by the way it's like oh yeah by the way we need to fit her in there like it does kind of have that thing where like there's enough space for all these characters, but like they definitely get really lost in all that stuff. And I feel like the Harvey Dent stuff's not bad because I mean that's sort of like in a weird way. I feel the average person buying this book is gonna see Batman 89 and be like, cool, more of you know the original two Batman movies. That sounds exactly up my alley. Not really thinking that like, oh, it's gonna really like focus on Harvey Dent and so on like that. I feel that that's like more the deep cuts where it's like but man, I always wanted to see Billy D. Williams like Harvey Dent, see that kind of fleshed out, and that's what this book really does. Is it gives you a lot of that, and I think that's kind of the the most badass part about it is you do get to see that, and that's kind of what you could be coming in for. But I could see a lot of other people being like, "Jesus, there's like where the hell's Batman at in this story? His yeah. name's on the fucking cover." Well, truth be told, even though I love '89 Batman, um, he's not the best Batman really when you think about it he's not Mm -hmm. the best batman at his job and that still rings true to this because it's still him just like well i'm trying to help i'm trying to do stuff i mean let me see what i can do here and then like you know and then it's it's it always comes down to like catwoman putting batman in his spot or drake winston new robin putting batman in his spot so it's kind of a couple of things like that and batman yeah sure he beats up some goons ultimately he Mm -hmm. wins but even the the final climax, which I'll say, Harvey Dent, even though um, depending on the version you have of him, he's not really a big fighter type character. It's more is kind of like for Harvey Dent, you do kind of need that tension, that like good end of good, bad, and the ugly kind of tension, like a, like in Dark Knight, like that 
it's all just a coin flip away how from going bad to worse or you know saving mm-hmm. the day or whatever and it, it fits that but at the end of the day like the last the last action scene of this movie isn't really like if this if this was a movie not, not i said movie but like, if this was a movie people would say wasn't it fucking weird how like Batman didn't have a big battle at the end? Like he's just basically wheelchair. <laughs> he's like a wheelchair. It's everybody else handling shit, and then he just he just comes rolling in like <laughs> Harvey. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah, it does kind of have a weird one because like you know yeah, it's like it's almost like the the final Batman sort of battle is when they're in like the you know they're in like the underground uh, subway tunnels that never got finished to Burnside, and that's where Two Face has been making his like holdup and so on like that. And, of course, he releases a bomb that, like, you know, collapses onto, you know, Batman down there. And then he snaps some candid camera pictures of him while he's laying there half exposed. You know, because the whole thing of uh, Harvey Dent. Well, I think kind of the cool, interesting story of Harvey Dent, if we kind of backtrace that just a little bit farther, is that he's kind of going on the search. You think he's kind of going after money at first. He just kind of says that. But I think that's just a way to get a bunch of goons on his side where he just picks up a bunch of Joker goons and what have you. And but the thing he does is he just gets all this evidence where he just gets all this stuff on all the crime lords. They got Falcone even in it. Some of the police, you know, people, even Bruce Wayne and yada, yada, yada. There's all this stuff that he sort of got on everybody. And that's what he's sort of using against everybody is all these like photos and evidence and all this stuff to kind of get his way. And I think that's just kind of a cool, interesting way to go about it. Yeah, that right there. And then plus. At the end of the day, he is one of those people where he has, um. Because sometimes they just make like, hi, it is I, Two-Face, the greatest criminal mind ever. Like, hey, guy, hey, man, we should be doing, shut the fuck up, Harvey. You know, they kind of go back and forth. Sometimes like that, or sometimes he is like a, he has the right motivation. He's just doing it the wrong way. And even in this, he it's kind of like he has, his intentions are well, but he's doing it the best way. And if anyone gets in his way, so be it. Or sacrifices have to be made for the better good. And the whole thing is, you know, there's people out there because they don't know he's two-faced. They don't know he's fucked up. They don't know he's running around killing people. And they have people like, you know, like protesting for him and standing up for him. And then he goes and hires some of Joker's old goons to go and attack these people. And Batman's like, Harvey, people died. Like, they died for a good cause, you know. So, it was like... With third deaths, we could get so much more done, and da 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 da, you know. So yeah, sure, he becomes like a kind of a he becomes a villain, obviously, but he's not like it's still, still it's, it still feels like a two face feels like two face logic, really. Yeah, yeah, like two face logic, I guess is it's a, it's a maniac's way of trying to get to like peaceful resolution. I guess is like almost like the best way to sort of look like he's trying to do good, but he's gonna create chaos on his pathway to it. You know what I mean? There's still that kind of there. And even like, well, I, this is kind of interesting because I like when he hires those Two-Face goons, or not Two-Face, the Joker goons. Because a lot of those guys, it's like there's that part where like uh, Drake Robin, you know, you know, swings in and kicks on one of the guys. And he's kind of questioning the guy like, Wait, who are you trying to shoot down there? He's like, I don't care. I'm, I'm just shooting for chaos. That's all I'm here to do. He just said, <laughs> hey, shoot whoever you want. So I don't, I'm just going to shoot anything that moves. You know what I mean? I just think it's just like, yeah, that's what you get when you get a Joker goon. Yeah, and well, there's even like the whole part where he's, um, where I, I for a minute I was like, okay, this world's version of Falcone. Like, do you think that's how Falcone would look? And to be wrong, I liked Falcone as time's gone on. You know, first he was just a plot device, but as time gone on, I, I think he is a good villain. But I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, we've seen him a lot over the last 10 years. 
I can kind of yeah. do with a little less Falcone right now. He's like, ah, here's here's Carmine Falcone. Like, yeah, well, no one pulls their dick out in this town without me knowing about it. Okay, bang. You know, just shoots him right there. Like, that was fucking quick, but I'm okay with it. Uh, yeah, I like that, too, because that's the thing. Is Falcone's a great character, but it's one of those ones, like, after Batman Begins, people are like, oh, my God, that's the greatest Batman character ever. Put him in everything. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, pump, pump, pump the brakes a little bit there. Great character, don't be wrong. There's some great storylines with him there and so on. But Batman, I think the thing is, Batman's got so many, like, villains. He's got villains for days. You could pretty much make about 50 movies and still never hit the same villains twice. You know what I mean? Like, like one of those ones, we can go on for a long time before you have to start recycling anything. But, um... But yeah, I, I like how he was just there for a split second, just kind of like that, and it's just like, nope. Harvey Dent doesn't care. He's just going to shoot anybody and everybody to, you know, gets in his way to get to his kind of goal there and so on like that. And then he's even got the weird thing, too, where Harvey Dent, once he starts talking to himself, he starts getting this weird, like, mind-bending, like, parallel dimensions reality things where he's like, oh, the Harvey Dent in this universe and so on. Like, I was like, for a second, I'm like, really? Are they, are they going to, are we going with more, like, you know, you know, mystery dimensions? Is that just going to be the thing we're going to start seeing, like, everywhere now? I feel like it's kind of too, meant to be two things. It's meant to be ramblings of a crazy man. Secondly, mm-hmm. it's meant to say to people who pick this book up and partway through reading this, I mean, I mean, maybe maybe there's one or two people out there, but I feel like if you read this book, you kind of know this stuff already. You're like, wait a minute, wasn't wasn't Tommy Lee Jones Two Face? So you mean Tommy Lee Jones was a different Two Face? So different dimension and uh, oh okay i get it you know i feel like if you read comics you already kind of know that but at the exact same time maybe they're just addressing it and yeah if if this if this was a movie that part probably wouldn't have been in there you may have have had the yeah get up harvey we got work to do i'm sleeping i said wake the fuck up harvey you know (laughs) while you're sleeping i'm jerking off yeah. <laughs> Only one way to wake up. I can't help it. It's the other hand. It's the other hand. It's, it's the fucked up bird hand. It's a fuse of battery acid. I, I do kind of like the way that, you know, he turns into Two-Face in this one. He gets a bunch of battery acid on him in a car, you know, station explosion or a car shop explosion. Which I, I did like the relationship and the whole thing with, I think the character's name was Otis. There's the guy who is running the <laughs> shop. Who is mm-hmm. a part of like the community, um, the, the community program within Burnside, and he worked with Bruce Wayne. Like I liked that character, and yeah, I liked him a lot. He was a guy who looked out for Harvey as a kid when he, Harvey was a kid, and now as he's gone two face, he's gone more crazy, obviously. And even the part where he kills him, he does feel bad. He's like, "Oh my god, what have I done?" Like he, Harvey feels bad, but Two Face is like, "Ah, you know." Gotta break some eggs. But at the same time, I do notice when you flip through this, it is interesting because I, I mean it's part of it's 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 in his name. However, I, I don't feel like people always utilize this. And this comic, more so than other comics I've seen, I can see more of like, you know, when Harvey is nervous, like one side of his face looks more nervous than the other. I think it yeah, kind of yeah. stands out in some scenes. No, this one they definitely do. There's some good facial expressions and all kinds of stuff that are kind of done in this. And I do like there is that, yeah, when he does shoot him, he's just like almost sitting there on the floor like crying and everything like that, being like, what have I just done? And everything like that. And the other big thing is Otis is also like, he pretty much takes care or he puts up Drake in the house and he lives in like a, you know, like a loft upstairs with like his birds. And he, you know, just in case you didn't know who he was, he's up there, you know, feeding his robins. Yeah, and at some point, with, with a big R says- on like the, his door. 
then there's, I don't there's know somebody, what the R stands for because he never mentions Robin, I think, at all in the book. book. At some point, someone said, like, um, what did he say his name was Robin? He says, no, they were Robin. Like, they were Robin this. Oh, yeah. And he's just like, oh. <laughs> it was just like some little kids or something like that. Yeah. Well, it's also kind of like, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not bitching because I, but like, it was like when Dark Knight Rises, like, I like that name. You should use it. Robin. And like, there's always like three old people in the crowd. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I definitely felt like that was supposed to be one of those kind of moments there and so on like that. I don't know. Cause it's that weird thing when, when you have a story that's 89, you can either do it multiple ways. You can either just play it straight. You could kind of play it sort of like you're sort of looking in, make it slightly meta or you just really ape like what it was and don't think about anything on the outside. You know what I mean? And sometimes I feel there's sort of a mix of all that together so that it's sort of looking in from the outside while trying to continue it forward, but then it's sort of got this meta slash not feel and so on like that. You know what I mean? So it's, it's got kind of a weird thing. Like almost sometimes I feel like, would it be best just to go like, okay, I know this is technically in the same universe, but since it's the third one and you got kind of control of the script this time and you're not going to have Tim Burton get in the way or any producers or whatnot, let's just uh, play it straight. How about that? You know what I mean? And don't, don't worry about that other stuff. Um, I don't really know a bunch of, a bunch of scripts John Hamm's worked on, really, aside from Batman. I know I'm sure he's had a long career. Um, the more the way I know John Hamm's name off the top of my head is because I listen to a lot of podcasts about Batman, and his name pops up a lot because of or Sam Hamm, Sam Hamm, not John Hamm. Sam Hamm. John Hamm, the actor. Say John Hamm this whole time. Yeah, we're saying John Hamm from Mad Men. Yeah. <laughs> I kid you not. I, I, like I almost wrote that in like when I was putting the description together and so on like that. Well, I'm looking right here. Okay, so he only has a couple movies, and the only other things he really has is like things like Monkey Bone. You remember that movie with Brendan Fraser? <laughs> and then he's got things like Never Cry Wolf, which I do kind of remember that one, and Mantis and, and Masters of Horror, and that's it. So hmm. it's like that's I guess be that... weird. You could write one of the like most iconic movies of like not just a generation or not, not, not of like a decade but of like a whole like people still quote 89 you know so you could write one of those and you still afterwards like maybe maybe he's like i wrote 89 i'm good I, I i got a piece of it i'm retired i just write when i when i feel like it who knows maybe it's something like that but because well, yeah, realistically, if you think about it, Batman 89 is probably the biggest Batman movie there there is like in in all honesty like when people think it's probably the most iconic a theme song, like everything kind of about it. Not saying it might not be everybody's favorite, but it's kind of like the biggest kind of like when people sort of think of a Batman movie, that, that definitely probably comes to most people's minds. It's either that or Dark Knight by this point. Um, yeah, Dark, Dark Knight's definitely right up there. But I, I just, the thing about Dark Knight is Dark Knight doesn't have that, it doesn't have like the same Batmobile that you always see no matter where you go. You know what I mean? Because you don't really see, you know, the Tumblr kind of like as much as you see like the 89 Batmobile. You don't I'm, hear, I'm like, just the thinking of like Heath Ledger's Joker and like you know. You yeah, know, yeah I'm, not, I'm not saying it doesn't have that kind of stuff, but like I'm just saying like '89 is just that kind of movie that's kind of never really forgotten, you know? Yeah, that's that's true. No, it still is. Like I remember there's a point where I got all dismissive of it, but then I was just like, you know what, this is a good fucking movie. I was being a stupid little bitch, bitch, <laughs> but at the same time, I don't know. Smooth. Sorry, hit me harder the next back right here. Anyway, um, you're, 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 you're like someone who was going to college in Burnside and just like thought you knew everything about the world. And then one day you got humbled and you're like, you know what? 89 Batman's pretty good. 
Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be exactly like the comics. It doesn't have to, you know. And then it is what it is. Got, got. Yeah, I got. I wonder what Drake would say. If he saw it. But um, I don't know. Drake is the guy who would sit there like arms crossed, feet up on the chair, telling you everything wrong with the movie. He's at that age right now. He's he's one yeah. of those one. He just needs to grow up a little bit more, and then he'll be like, okay, I understand. You know what I mean? Not everything has to be like a tour de force, if you will. Yeah, not 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 everything is just like you know, on or off issues. You know what I mean? It's like he's like, Bruce has got to explain to him like, hey man, there's a lot of gray in between there. Well, on Sam Ham for a second. Um, don't know a bunch of his work. I mean, there's the Batman films, obviously. But um, he wrote a Batman comic or was one of the writers on a Batman comic called Blind Justice. And it was more of like, hey, you just wrote the movie. You want to write a couple issues of the comic with somebody? Like, yeah, sure. You know, and in that <laughs> book, ones, runs into an office or somebody who's been working on Batman comic for 20 years. Get the hell out of here. We got a real we got a real celebrity in here now. <laughs> we got a real writer. Go, go, shoot. Take the stencil. <laughs> yeah, like one of those. I, I bet you that's sort of what happened. You know, like God, I've been working on Batman for twenty five years. This guy's wrote like two screenplays, and he's already like in my office room. Not, not, not ready yet, Sam. Just like the rolling, just a red carpet as he walks in, throwing flowers. <laughs> like here's your desk. <laughs> <laughs> just chucking the other guy's shit out the window. <laughs> <laughs> that's this week's issue. Now it's next week's move. <laughs> you're um, working at marvel now they're going bankrupt in the next couple of years <laughs> like they're ever coming back <laughs> got those fucks on the rope um no like, I, he has a book called blind justice i don't remember who he wrote it with um and the thing is the book it's like i enjoyed it but it was like this it really felt like um every so often you'll read like a batman book where one of two things happens you can tell they jumped in the middle of a like they did not read the last guy's run and they're kind of just making up their own shit and they're just like not even addressing like uh, like i remember when um like there's superman batman and when jeff Loeb hopped off the next guy wasn't bad but he was having them talk as if like you know, Bruce, yeah, Clark, I think I could finally call you a friend. Yeah, I feel that way too. Bitch, this is the fifth fucking volume. We fucking know that shit. They're out of this at volume one. They, at some point he said that was my best friend. He beat the fuck out of a bad guy. And he thought when he, he thought was Bruce was dead for a second. So, you know, anyway, point being, I felt a little bit of that with um, Sam Ham's comic called blind justice because i feel like when you don't know how to approach a character you got to throw in some kind of like audience avatar and for some reason i don't know what happens but batman gets fucked up and then he like there's like a a brother and a sister that's that somehow find out he's batman and they come move into his house and within like you know a month or whatever they know he's batman and he's just like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll teach you. Like, we're like a family, Bruce. We like live together, you know. So just like, here's the audience avatars for like, you know. And then Batman, it's like the like, Sonic X of like Batman, kind of. And then at some point, like there was like some like there was a bad guy who created this this contraption where it's kind of like um, it's kind of like 
that, that movie Gamer with Gerard Butler, where you can kind of like you can control someone else's motions with your mind. So Batman yeah. was like, "Oh, my back's all fucked up. I can't go out and do this." So, uh, boy, so guy who's like a few years younger than me that I more or less adopted, um, here, put this shit on. You can go out and do some Batman shit. So like, okay, I'll do my best. And then he's like, you know, like, oh, man, this guy is not as good as my body. He cannot make this jump the way I can. And sure enough, the guy... <laughs> well, he's going for it anyways. Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish... I wish... I, I think he's zoned out. But it'd be awesome if he's just like, fuck, fuck, I can't get rid of you know? <laughs> He's just along for the ride. He can't do nothing about it. Um, yeah. I haven't read the book in, like, in 15 years. But I remember be- reading it being kind of like... It, it sounds weird. That almost seems more interesting when you talk about it. Because it's like, it probably is not as cool as, like... But just it, it it's like seems so bizarre of a tale that makes you kind of feel like I kind of want to read it because of that. Well, it's called Batman uh, Blind Justice, I believe. I think that's what it's called. And it's actually it is a big book technically because it is the book that uh, there is. Well, while he's doing this, I'm not going to lie. The main thing is kind of secondary. The bigger part is this is one of the times where we get flashbacks to his history and his training. And not a lot of comics at the time were doing that, if any. And this is one where it was the introduction to Henry Ducard. So he is one of the creators. Oh, okay. of Henry yeah, that's interesting. Well, that was just kind of neat then. And that's that's interesting because it circles back to like, okay, this the guy who started on this iteration of Batman, his character to some extent would be used in the next iteration of Batman, uh, live action. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, that's that's kind of an interesting one right there, if anything. But um, but yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like he yeah he doesn't really have a whole lot of scripts. What's so you know I mean he's just a guy who yeah just happened to write two really big movies and uh, is kind of known for that along the way. You know what I mean? And um, please don't the, take the, the eight shit on him. Yeah, well yeah, it's not not saying anything there because I mean it's like one of those like Batman eighty nine like the comic book. It's still it's still a good read. Still cool, all kinds of interesting stuff's in there. Even if uh in a very long way to getting back around to this when we get towards the end and we have Batman literally in a wheelchair, not fighting at all, <laughs> just like you know trying to talk it out with Harvey Dent, which is another one's weird too. Is like Harvey Dent's just like in the Batcave. Like I mean I know that he 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 knows that Bruce Wayne's Batman, but how the hell is he not in the Batcave? That's what I couldn't figure. There's some things that just sort of happen in this thing where it's just like what. That's a good point because what ends up happening is yeah because that's where he shoots Otis, and then um, Drake comes and then of course like here's me where he gets humbled because Drake attacks him and that's where Harvey's like he's attacking me and the whole crowd pulls back on Drake. This one guy's like, get him! It's like, I don't care if that kid's lived there for 25 years! Son of a bitch! Yeah. <laughs> he's, him in the balls. he's attacking our Scar DA agent, who's also dressed like a fucking clown now, for some reason. So, um... <laughs> yeah, nobody questions that. They're just like, how do you even recognize that? Let's be honest, how do you even know that's Harvey Dent? Like, let, like really... Really, if, if half your body's, like, disfigured like that, like, I'm pretty sure you're not even thinking that that's the same guy. Yeah, no, it, it's one of those things where I, I love the design of him. Like, um, the, the fusion of uh, Billy D. Williams with Sad AM. Not Sad AM. Why did I say It's fucking Sonic. Um, it's like Sonic. Yeah, Sad AM, Sad AM Batman, <laughs> as opposed Billy to the Adventures of... is Sonic the Hedgehog. Live Sad- action. It's Sad AM Batman, as opposed to Adventures of Batman the Hedgehog. Yeah, no. Um, no, it's uh, it's Batman the Animated Series 
fused with Billy D. Williams, and that looks fucking awesome. And I, yeah, I, I really do. Don't get me wrong. We all love Chris Nolan. Not Chris. Um, uh, Chris. Um, uh, Chris Walken. But if that whole thing is true, that like he made a new character because he wanted an opportunity to work, work with Chris Walken, so he gave Billy D. Williams the bench. Like, dude, I think he fucked up. I well, yeah, yeah. Really I, I, I'm gonna say, don't get me wrong. I, I like Christopher Walken, but for a Batman movie, uh, Billy D. Williams, uh, 100 times more. Just saying, like, I, I, you know, it's just one of those ones. Christopher Walken is just like, yeah, it's fine, but like, it's yeah, I, I yeah, that, that that was such a lost cause right there. Because even mm-hmm. still, like, is this thing about okay, just having Batman Returns and have it have Two Face, Penguin, and Catwoman in it, just have a big fat trio like that would be even more amazing. I think it was going to be the thing where he doesn't become Two-Face till the end. I mean, he's still there yeah. as a villain, more or less, but it's not until the third movie where he is. That's what I heard. Who knows if that's true? But, um... Because that's the thing about when you see Dark Knight. Like, usually I don't like it when people talk during the movies, but I remember even seeing Dark Knight, and it just felt good because it was one of the first times being a big comic book fan, seeing a comic book movie get res- a lot of respect for a first time, for a first time in a long time. And being in the theater, and then the second when Harvey Dent's face gets all fucked up, and people, like one or two people behind me, who I know never picked up a comic in their life, like, oh, fuck, he's that guy. You know, like, that was one of those moments, just like, yes, bitch, yes, you know. (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, now now they got it, you know what I mean? Now they're deep into it, but, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, no, the design's super cool on there and everything like that. I guess, I guess you could say Drake sort of gets humble. He gets like slightly humble, but he doesn't really go to jail. I don't even know how he gets out of jail. They never even explain that. Like, or if he even get, goes to jail. Batman got his bail. Yeah. Something like this. So that's the thing. Like, you know, maybe Batman should have left him in there for a couple of nights and then got him out. You know what I mean? Just be like, <laughs> you need to learn a lesson. <laughs> There's a guy that you need to meet. His name's Bane. It's like the end of the. <laughs> <laughs> how long you leave him in yeah, prison? No, like, but... smart. See how loose your butthole's at. <laughs> I don't hear nothing. Well, someone had a busy night, huh? <laughs> so I thought you're gonna be talking smack anymore. No, I didn't think so. Oh, shut up and ride shotgun. <laughs> Batman's driving. Um, Come well, back, Danny. Whole... From now on, uh, sir, I'm like I'm like 18 years old. Uh, no, no, no. Under my roof, you're now my ward. No matter how old you are. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, that's even the thing about when they see Batman for Now put the Speedo like, on. I don't like you wearing these full pants. <laughs> you got to earn pants. Yeah. Like, I, that's, that's the thing about Just, Batman. Even like Batman, like forever. It's kind of like, hey, sir, I know you just lost your parents. But how about, how would you like to get adopted by another man? how it feels because yeah. i know it's like it's not, i'm chris o'donnell i got you know like maybe maybe scent of a woman wasn't that long ago but it sure as fuck <laughs> looks like it in this movie i know because i think like script wise in batman forever chris o'donnell's character of robin is supposed to be like if i had to guess 15 or 16 i know it's does he's like 26 but i i think that's almost like what it was written as Awesome like you know, he's not, ri- he's not written like, as Hello, boy Robin, children. but he's yeah, he's literally supposed to be like you know, probably like maybe even seventeen. Like he's just getting out of high school, like that kind of age, you know. But like when you have Crystal Dawn, which don't wrong, I love Crystal Dawn as Robin and everything like that. It's just well, those ones. He's just 
you almost need to start him off as Nightwing if he's going to be that. <laughs> he's just too old. You see how he does laundry? He's a little like guitar solo as he's just like flipping around laundry. Like, hello, well, let me get the laundry. Oh, look how fucking much how he must have learned that in the circus drying laundry that way. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah exactly you know what i mean but um that's where we going with this and I, this all leads back it's, to that ending scene where batman's in a wheelchair fighting yeah well the thing with this is it's also kind of like that whole scene with um with that is so catwoman comes down too and it is this like really intense scene like the back and forth between harvey and um bruce is good because you see he's getting like he's regretting what's happening. He regrets. He wants to do the best. He wants to be good. But then Catwoman the whole time, just kind of like, he's gonna fuck you over. You don't realize that we got to let this happen. Like he's like, Harvey wants to do good. Two faces who we got to worry about. We got to fix this. And then even the idea of like the thing that knocks him over the ultimate coin flip, that penny. Yeah, exactly. And Catwoman pushes it down on him. And like, well, Selena, what the fuck? Like, oh, so it's like two steps away from fixing this, and then you're just trying to kill him. You're like, so whatever. Well, there's Come even my like house. This... <laughs> well, sure, there's going to be a dead body at the bottom of my pit here. You know how hard it is to go down there and pick something up? Especially a body? Shit, I've had hookers around here before. Yeah. Alfred, get the hooker kit. Yeah, exactly. I just got done yeah. getting the penny down. Don't think I don't want you to go down there and push that penny back up the cliff, okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I've seen those climbers climb up Half Dome before. I'm pretty sure you could do that here of a penny on your back. We got Disney Plus. I've seen Free Solo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, but yeah, Catwoman literally ends up like pretty much like killing Two Face and Batman's like fucking basement. And right here, they have this whole thing of like Selena. This is why it never would have worked out between us, more or less. It says like whatever, bye. And like oh, by the <laughs> yeah, way, she's still... the cat. Yeah, I'd be like fine. The cat was shit in the house the whole time, anyways. Can't like... feed it bacon. Well, the whole thing, the cat was mic'd the whole time, so that's how she knew all their plans. So that cat he got at the end of Returns, like, oh, that actually circled back in some way. Yeah, that was kind of interesting there, but that's kind of what it is. It feels still like one of those ones, like, between Batman and Alfred, nobody decided to check the cat? I don't think 89 Batman would. Movie Batman is just not... Um, I mean, he, let's be honest, like... Comic book Batman is is freakishly is freakishly like over prepared and mm. smart, 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 smart. You know, can just handle whatever he wants. Yeah, you know? that's a superpower. That's his. That's his power. Where that's when you see like in like you know Dark Knight Rises when like he gets screwed over by um, by Talia and he's like Miranda and has that look on his face <laughs> like, and like that, that, that whole scene like. As a fan, you're just like, how did you not see this coming? And you would have, real Batman would have caught the knife and like, I, I knew the second, I knew the, I knew the second I was balls deep in you, that you were, you were the daughter of Ra's al Ghul or whatever, you know. So it's like, like, the, the, like, like, there's things in the comics I understand why that might be hard for like an audience to, to accept. I think the closest we really have gotten, in all honesty, 
I'm not saying it because it's the new one, but the Batman is probably the closest. He's also probably the Ross, the most flawed Batman at the exact same time. Yeah, well, him and the Ben Affleck one and so on like that. I feel, I feel it's like what's, what's, we, we keep getting closer and closer each kind of incarnation almost. Ben Affleck Batman? Oh, I could say this 100%. These may not be my favorite Batman movies, but he is my favorite live-action Batman. And I don't think – I think his performance is perfect. It's just some of the things that make him do. Like he was able to be like swayed with a couple of um, newspaper clippings with like a red highlighter. Like, you know, like yeah, how, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, like that kind of shit. And like how, how like overly emotional he was when Batman's thing is no emotion. Like, and it's not, it wasn't like his portrayal, it wasn't his, um, his acting. It was just how they, how his writing. And like, that's not how he, I don't think Batman would really go about this. But that said, Ben Affleck, I think, knocked it out of the park as far as his performance goes. Yeah, plus he had the best physique for a Batman. But as I said, we'll, yeah. we'll, it, it's it's a long time coming. But one of these days, we'll get closer to like you know comic book Batman. It's getting there. It's kind of weird how we're reading this comic and we're kind of like, this could go because the thing about eighty nine Batman is like I I like eighty nine Batman. I like that world they set up, but it's um, it, it's not the most accurate. At the same time, like, hmm. This could go a little less accurate. You could have gone a little more 89 with some of this stuff. You, you know what I mean? I feel like they could have gone. Yeah. It, it pops up in scenes. Like when, when he first gets out of the hospital, like Two-Face, and he's in like the Dick Tracy, like trench coat and fedora and all that. Like, oh, I'm getting definite Tim Burton vibes. But then like there are moments where it's like it looks like, you know, oh, it's it's Batman 1989 City, Gotham City. But then there's like moments where it just looks like it could be any other comic you're reading, you know? Yeah, that's the thing is I just feel like it, it doesn't go it, – it's kind of like a little bit weak on almost the Tim Burtonness of it. I feel like if you're going to do 89, you might as well just go the full distance. It feels like it kind of pulls back. And I don't know if there's like one of those ones where like, well, we, we don't want Tim Burton to come sue us if we do too much of his stuff here because his name's not on the cover or anything like that. I, I don't know what the heck it is. But like, you know, there there is that where he's like, well, because Tim Burton's pretty much owned by Disney nowadays. So, yeah, you well, know, I mean, there's, maybe, there's maybe some of that stuff. Well, I wonder if we could do like Batman. I mean, uh, Superman seventy eight could be kind of fun to do because there's an ad for yeah. Because I I saw that and I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Because I I like the idea of having these where it's like, hey, here's a continuation of this version. Because that's how I like to look at things. I like to say there's not just technically one version. We got all kinds of different ones we can kind of have, and it's fun to kind of get more of something that you know you can't actually get in real life, but you can always get in comic book form. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I wouldn't mind checking out Superman seventy eight and like, I don't, I don't, I never watched the Wonder Woman, Woman TV show. So, what, what was that seventy seven? Is there a Linda Carter one coming out too? There's Linda Carter's uh, Wonder Woman comic. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't see that one in there. But um, that'd be kind of cool to see too. I, it's just neat that they're making all these ones. I mean, I know it all kind of started with probably the sixty six one and so on like that, and having them there, you know um but um but yes it is that kind of one where it's like the batman 89 one i feel like it's kind of coming from too many different angles like it would be kind of interesting if there was just like in a sense like a sam ham script from like literally let's just say he wrote it in give or take early 90s and they just full-on took that and just kind of made it like in a sense like what it was like don't try to modernize it don't try to add in these other things into here you know, don't try to change sort of the design of like the buildings and landscape. Try to keep it kind of in that sort of axiom and so on like that, you know, because overall, it's, I mean, overall, I think this book was still pretty good, but 
Same thing here. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I wouldn't mind if they, because it ends on this note of like, Batman's values have been questioned, you know, because now he's the point where I know I've killed before, but I don't like to kill anymore. So, you know, I've, I've, I've done, I killed that part of myself. So get off my dick, Selena, you know, and then, um, and then the, the signal goes off, you know, and he's just kind of like questioning, like, should I even fucking bother anymore? The, the signal goes off. He flips the coin and ends before we know what he's doing. So it very much ends like there could be a sequel, you know, but, uh, mm. At the same time, we'll see what happens, and it's also implied that, um, like all all that information about um, Bruce Wayne is sent to Barbara Gordon, so, and I think she's she implies that she might become Oracle or something kind of like that. So, you know, well, surprised that like Catwoman would become Oracle. That's like how it was because Catwoman, like her other job is Selena Kyle. She's That's a hacker, right. and I love how. I love that there's a scene where, like, Barbara Gordon's like, hey, so we got this computer virus going on at the police station, and, uh, you know, I'm, we never really met before, but you had good referrals or something. So come on in here. You know, I'm going to leave the office for a bit, so just sit down at the computer terminal, you know, do whatever you need to do, work that hacker magic, and, you know, we'll be back, you know. Yeah. It's just like you're just going to leave some random-ass person there at the police database, like – like the only thing is, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's a I, I hate to sort of say, but maybe it's a Sam Ham thing to do. Is the right characters kind of to doing retarded things once in a while? Like maybe we place blame on other people throughout the years, but maybe it's one of these ones. Like some characters just do some dumb shit. Like you know what I mean? Like you know you the know thing I mean? that it, it, I like the whole thing the is like I did the Batcave. He's like that was not me. I didn't do that shit. That was in a rewrite. <laughs> Sam, you put it back at this one. You see, you had Alfred brings in Selena, and Bruce is like, "Dude, what the fuck, man?" <laughs> You're right. Catwoman goes by Oracle in this. That's right. I I remember something like yeah, that. Yeah, because she she sends Barbara all this stuff, which that's actually kind of an. I know that's like that's so different. But it's like that's almost kind of an interesting one. Is just to have Catwoman as something like just give give her like why not Tr- try something new, see what happens. You know, you never know when you might get something kind of cool out of that. Exactly. Well, um, yeah. This book was fun. I, I think maybe down the line might be fun to do um, one of the unproduced Batman scripts. I know we did Justice League, uh, the George Miller yeah. Justice League. I, I know that there's apparently a, a like a the, the Batman movie they're trying to make the late seventies, early eighties. That scripts out there, so that could be fun to check out. Maybe, but we got to prepare yeah, ourselves. Yeah, that, that, two and a half hour, two and a half hour scripts. Yeah, well, we've we've read scripts that big before, anyway, so. Mm-hmm. it's not out of the question but um yeah that, that would be kind of fun to do if we could, if we could find that one sometimes some of those 70 scripts can be tough to find like they literally like lock them down and you know so it's like there, there's a 007 script that was supposed to be like one of the other sean connery ones technically actually i think it was actually supposed to be for um um more than anything was um oh what's his name why am i drawing a blank the guy after sean connery just one of those like late night ones Lassenby. um yeah, George Lazenby. But, like, there's one of those scripts, but it's, like, that one's, like, you know, locked down hardcore over in England so that nobody can get it. But it just always sounds interesting when you hear, like, the tidbits about it and so on like that. Yeah, but, those uh, royal guards yeah, that are on a move, discarding the vault, standing there with the fucking, like, their top hats. Not their top hats. Yeah, exactly. Hats. Yeah, the Bill fuzzy hats and whatnot like that, like, protecting the mm-hmm. script and so on. But, um, but, yeah, I think more of that would be kind of fun. I think that Superman 78 would be pretty neat to do, too. Um, there's just cool stuff here. As I said, this one's totally worth checking out. It's one of those ones that like anybody who loves anything kind of Batman 89 and or Batman uh, 91, 
<laughs> I guess. Um, that this one's kind of a neat one to go with, and so on like that. Like, it, it, it's cool. It's fun. You know what I mean? It, it might not be maybe exactly as eighty nine as you'd almost want, but that doesn't mean it's not still close and still something different. Still a fun script. Still kind of like a look into what could have been. There's some things a little too new to know that oh this wasn't there in the comics this time but still just interesting to see the 89 version of some things from the comics so you know um yeah i hope they continue this series and uh i just would like to see more of like let's take a let's maybe like just villains we haven't seen yet like at all like what what's 89 solomon grundy look like you know yeah well that that's where i almost feel that's like that's where you villain. could make the 89 that's a fucking Tim Burton villain. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, like the, the zombie character and everything like that. But I, I think that would be kind of the cool thing. And I can see this one because I think the Batman 66 like comic series ran for a, a good while. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like a one one and done series, you know. So it's not saying that uh, this one might not have a couple more to go along with it. But, um, but yeah, no, fun stuff. I think uh, always more stuff to do like that. But beyond all that good stuff, go to oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, comic books like Pizza Boys, old animations, and all that fun stuff. You, you could go back through all the years of Old Man Orange podcasts because uh, there's a crap ton of episodes and a uh, crap ton more of Batman stuff. So we got Batman plethora of good times throughout all the years, starting right at the very beginning with good old Dark Knight Rises. But till then, Ooh, you can skip that episode, though. I'm running down again. You can oh, skip wait, the first episode. Here, here, 10 years here, here, later. Here's the thing. I think, uh, it was episode 300. We we do another review of Dark Knight Rises. Right? I think it's 300. We're past 300. We're, we're like at five. We're like, what? Yeah, no, no, oh, no. Oh, I know you're talking. Oh, the 300. Oh, I get you. Mean. Yeah, gotcha. I think at 300, we did an episode of, uh, I think that was when we did Dark Knight. Audio commentary Rises. to Dark Knight Rises. But we were mostly just talking shit the whole time. Is it, did, we, did we do an audio commentary on it? I thought there was one where we just did a... Um, we did an audio commentary. And it was just basically us just bullshitting. We said, yeah, the movie's playing. Well, we're going to acknowledge the movie. We already said our opinion on it at some point. So it was just basically I, I think two that, and a half, two, hour, two hours and 45 minutes of us bullshitting and occasionally talking about what's happening on screen. Okay, well, maybe that is. Well, whatever. I think that's like episode 300. Let's see this point where you get so many episodes, you can't remember where each one's at. But... um. But yeah, in there, whatever. Batman good times to be had. Check it all out. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we'll see you some other time. Later, folks.